Welcome to the Scottish Business Network podcast. Hello, I'm Fraser Allen and I'm back with three special episodes of the Scottish Business Network podcast in partnership with the UK Government's Department of Business and Trade and in particular its international markets team for Latin America and the Caribbean. In this first episode we're going to hear from Robin Sampson, founder of Trade in Space, an Edinburgh-based business that is very successfully developing opportunities in Colombia. Trading Space is a fascinating venture which uses satellite data and blockchain traceability to enable agricultural supply chains to meet their ethical and sustainability targets. In particular, Robin and his team are playing a hugely positive role in developing transparency within the Colombian coffee market. And, as we will discover, this South American adventure brings two of Robin's great passions together – for the systems engineer with an MSc in space mission analysis and design, also used to own his own coffee shop in Glasgow. Robin is really interesting to listen to and demonstrates the opportunities available in Latin American countries that may not be on the radar of many Scottish businesses. He also explains how the international markets team and the British Embassy in Bogota have played a key role in his success. If you have any queries about markets in Latin America and the Caribbean, or would like to explore trade opportunities there, do get in touch by sending an email to exportsupport.latac at fcdo.gov.uk. I'll repeat that email address at the end of this episode, and you can also find it in the show notes. So, Robin, a great pleasure to have you on, on the podcast. Uh, are you speaking to us from Edinburgh today? Yeah, thanks very much, Fraser. I'm actually uh, I'm coming to you live and direct from Stirling. Uh, I live near Stirling, so the the office is in Edinburgh, but I live just outside Stirling. Now, I've been really looking forward to, to having this conversation because I'm very intrigued by what Trading Space does. Let's get a little bit of personal background first though because I was doing a bit of digging around I see that you studied astronomy and (laughs) astrophysics at Newcastle University you then did an MSc at Glasgow in space mission and analysis so I was wondering where those interests came from and together with the the education that that you went through how how that's kind of shaped your career and and ultimately the, the launch of trading space yeah, thanks, Fraser. It seems like so long ago back in Newcastle now, but yeah, that's where I suppose I started growing up, I think, uh, and having some ideas. And um, the truth is I, I moved into physics uh, and education because I love maths. That's the truth of it. I always loved maths in school. It was my strongest subject. Um had trouble writing as well in English. It took me ages to write anything. Uh, and my handwriting was so messy. I guess kids nowadays don't even have that problem anymore, but it was uh, it was a, a struggle for me. I always loved maths, though, and um, it was the first place that I learned to really think deeply about a problem. That's what you have to do when you're solving uh, difficult maths problems. But So I enjoyed that, and I knew that by going into physics, it would give me the chance to, to spend more time doing that. Um, and then I... While I was there, actually, to explain how I ended up in aerospace and satellite mission design, um, I read a book by Alan Boss, who was part of the NASA team that discovered the first planets outside of the solar system. Mm -hmm. So this was a massive discovery in, like, the early 2000s. Um, And it was fascinating to read that. And then I kind of realised that 
actually that's where all the action is. It's in engineering and technology. That's how you really can solve problems. And I always found that really exciting. That was one of the key, most memorable things for me throughout that whole educational journey was learning that lesson. And I suppose I took a little bit of that into trading space because I realized that this technology that we've we've come across and stum- stumbled upon the the solutions that we create give us the opportunity to solve really big problems and challenges that are at the forefront of agriculture and I think that kind of realized that I needed my own vehicle to be able to have a go at solving some of these challenges so that's where trading space came from. And did you always have a hankering to set up your own business? I mean, what, what, what prompted you to make that decision? Yeah, I suppose, honestly, I probably did always have a hankering to to go after uh, a, a path of my own. Um, and I actually yeah, I tried and failed a couple of other businesses previously as well. I actually randomly although this is going to come back full circle in a minute once we get into discussion further i did own a coffee shop in the south side of glasgow for a while took a punt on on that bad idea Didn't know what I was doing, but yeah so i suppose i probably always did actually have a, a vision that i would do something uh start a business right. one day so intriguing so i think it could be a, as you say a link between the coffee the coffee shop and, and later development. So when I was looking at, at trading space, there were kind of three things that really struck me about it. I mean, first of all, it's it's very innovative what you're doing. Secondly, there's a sort of it's a kind of force for good. There's a there's a real ethical thread to it because you're encouraging the supply chains to be more sustainable effectively. Um, and thirdly, to a layperson such as myself, it's quite complex. So I wondered if you could try and wrap all that up and explain to the listeners what trading space does, what the benefits are and so on. Yeah, let me try and unpack it, Fraser, because it is a little bit complicated and we've been trying hard to simplify the value proposition. Um, But fundamentally, I suppose more than anything else, we've created a process. We've created a way of taking data from satellite systems and turning it into proof so that it can be used to prove things about, in our case, agriculture. Um, And in our case, we can use that proof to verify that something has been grown sustainably. Um, And that has become a really valuable piece of information to be able to to attach and and prove of various different types of agriculture. But once we have that piece of digital proof, we've turned that satellite image into something that proves that a produce from an area is sustainable. Once we have that, we can use it for loads of other different things as well. We can use it to help people gain bank accounts and to gain credit for the produce that they can now prove ownership of. So there's a load of cascading benefits that come from that simple, well, I suppose it's complicated, but really we're just putting and tokenizing data from a satellite and using it in a new way. Um, And that's become possible through different software distribution techniques that didn't exist 10 years ago. So that's where the kind of innovation lies. and, And that's why I think we're kind of positioning to be at the forefront of that kind of 
inevitable integration of these two technologies. So you see this is a, a market that's going to grow hugely, presumably. A lot of people will be trying to do similar things. Yeah, I, I think so for sure. And I, I mean, it, there's exciting things happening around regulation now that are a key driver for some of the technologies we have. That, I must admit, wasn't part of the initial vision we had for the company. We didn't realise that we would essentially become a technology that lets people comply to emerging regulations. But that's the way the, the market's moved. And now we're in discussions around supporting the UK's digital border strategy as well, supporting uh, imports into the European Union, improving compliance. So, yeah, I think it's only going to grow, that's for sure. So in terms of the practicalities, who, who are your customers? What, 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 do you, what are you actually doing for them? So... Our customers are actually agriculture supply chain operators. They're people who are moving large volumes of agriculture from different countries around the world. And first of all, are aggregating sources of supply within a country. Um, our biggest customer is a global coffee trading business. Um, and there you go. Is, isn't it fu- funny how things work out sometimes? And... Um, so, yeah, we, we are basically collecting proof by using satellite images that all of these sources of supply for this corporate company are sustainable and don't come from deforested areas. And then so our customer then shares that data with their customer, which is like a high street coffee company you're, mm. you're probably quite familiar with. And, and that's how it works. Great. And, and so through this work, you're very active in Colombia. So tell us about how you developed those, this, these opportunities in South America. I believe you looked at Brazil first. Why, how, how do things pan out? And why is the work in Colombia going so well? Yeah, well, I mean, we, you know, we were doing a lot of work and development around coffee and Coffee is actually an ideal crop for us to work with because part of the value proposition of coffee is the area that it comes from, you know, like a specialty coffee from a particular region commands a much higher price than sort of commodity grade. So anyway, we were looking at areas that we could pilot and trial our products for the first time. Uh, We knew what we wanted to do. We wanted to source and procure coffee from somewhere and import it into the UK and track and trace all of that transaction along a blockchain. And yeah, we were looking at Brazil because we'd, uh, we had to develop all kinds of machine learning algorithms to identify coffee in a satellite image. And the easiest place to do that is Brazil for because the coffee fields there are so big and wide and open. But actually, we leaned more towards working in Colombia. We found it a much more easy place to, to do work. We were, we received exceptional support and help from the British Embassy in Colombia, uh, especially Lucia. Uh, she was our point of contact there who really kind of opened a lot of doors for us. KTN helped a lot as well. Kind of coincidental because at that time, and it, this would be just before covid KTN arranged a kind of trip to the market in Colombia, which we applied to to join and were successful. So, and we knew that we should be in Colombia because there's so much coffee there. Um, 
So we went there and made some connections and then never looked back from there. It was just a lot easier to do business there. We managed to pick up some new potential customers as well that are nothing to do with coffee. And um, so it's been a really great place to for us to do business. Because that may surprise some people, you know, in terms of perceptions of Colombia's, it's had its troubles over the years. I mean, have you encountered any specific challenges? Yes and no. I mean, r- really, we haven't had any substantial challenges. I mean, in, in terms of working in Colombia, we have done some work with a Colombian uh, chocolate company and cacao company that are aggregate cacao. And so we've gone off the beaten track in Colombia now into the more remote regions or, you know, quite far away from some of the big cities. And that is definitely a bit of a different environment to the urban Colombia. And we've never, we haven't seen any real substantial challenges. I think we actually really enjoyed the the trip. And I I can't, I better not tell you about the time I got in the wrong Uber, though, in Bogota. That was, uh, I almost caused uh, mass panic at the break. I was on my way to see Lucia, actually, uh, at the British Embassy and uh, caused a bit of concern when I turned up like four hours later. No, we honestly we haven't really had any relation. A lot of people ask that question mm-hmm. um, for understandable reasons, I suppose. But the truth is, we haven't really. It's not really been a problem for us. the The real problem that we've had is much more mundane than that. Was just the language right. barrier. You know, I, I don't speak mm-hmm. Spanish. I'm learning, but I'm learning, yeah, you know, not fast enough, unfortunately. So. There's sort of quite, but there's easy solutions mm-hmm. to that one, so it's not a big deal. So, if those were all the the, the challenges that you, you encountered, what about the successes? I mean, what, what what have you managed to achieve? What's what's going well? Oh well, we've done some really exciting work uh, with, first of all, with some private companies in Colombia. We found new potential customers, as I said, and for us, we've managed to diversify our um, operating sphere from not being just coffee. We've also looked at cacao and avocados, other fruit and veg supply chains with local partners in Colombia who've helped us to do that. So we've had some successes. We're expecting to start employing people in Colombia really soon as well. Brilliant. We uh, have the opportunity to uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, we're about to sign a three-year contract with a major Colombian business soon, which is sort of game-changing for us. Um, so there are some of the big key wins. Um, it's also brought us closer to the coffee sector in general because Colombia really is at the heart of it, you know, in a way that Glasgow and Edinburgh aren't, you know. <laughs> So um, it's important to be there and see that. And, you know, I think it it gives us big opportunities in other parts of the coffee sector as well, because anyone who's trading coffee will be in and around the Colombian market. So we've had advantages in other discussions as well. Um, So it's been really fantastic for us and really excited about the potential for opening a trading space Colombia soon as well. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, that sounds great. Uh, I mean, have there been any sort of particular lessons that you've learned along the way? And if 
any Scottish UK businesses are looking for to explore opportunities in South America, is there any advice that you'd offer? Oh, definitely advice I would offer. I think, honestly, it's really important to engage and try and be proactive with people that can help you, you know, because we... I suppose I'll, let me give you a real key lesson as well. I don't quite know how to formulate this, but we had uh, we spent a long time trying to contact individual farms and farmers around the world. It actually took us quite a long time to realize we're doing it the hard way. You know, the better thing to do is to get help from people who are there and know and who might have a little bit of support they can give you or influence to help you meet the right people and ask the right questions. And that's kind of, it sounds so simple, but it's, it's really everything. You have to ask the right questions to the right people. And so that was a lesson we eventually found out. I think Lucia helped us with that and the British Embassy helped us with that. So that's important. And it, all of a sudden we started making really fast progress rather than banging our head against a brick wall from the other side of the world, you know, which was kind of what we were doing until we started to engage a bit more positively. I would also say that you worth investing a bit of time in learning a bit of the local <laughs> language as well. That's just, you would say that anyway, wouldn't you? But, you know, try and find the time sure. to do it. Um, yeah. Great. And you mentioned the, the support you've had from the embassy, um, the international markets team. I mean, what, what sort of practical things have they done to, to get you sort of successful in, in Colombia? They, they've they helped by making some introductions to key, I mean, they somehow seem to know everyone who might be a potential customer or a client, so they can help with that. There's also issues, I mean, you, especially if you're owning, if you're running a business and operating a business, there's a different set of considerations to if you're just visiting somewhere as well. So understanding uh, some potential legal and accounting issues and some cultural norms, or they've helped with things like that as well, so that we can try and have the lowest risk potential um, arrival within the market. So that's been real helpful um, in a tangible sense. There's also a real strong network. So through networked contacts in Colombia, we've now started new discussions in Malaysia with a different potential customer and supply chain. So I think there's that whole network effect and access to a different kind of network right. uh, than you might otherwise be able to access as a real key advantage as well. So you mentioned growth opportunities in uh, Colombia in terms of other types of crop and so on. You mentioned Malaysia. Where, where next for trading space? What's, how, where do you... <laughs> Yeah, well, this is an interesting one. I think, well, we have a few things that we have to do later this year. We're, we're planning to raise additional finance in the, in the short term, which will, and we're already taking notes of how we're going to spend it all, but a large part of that will be internationalizing the business. That's a really important next step for us to take. Um, we have some really exciting product partnerships that are in the works as well. We can't quite disclose them, but we'll be working closely with some other blockchain companies as well. Um, and we'll be helping to bring new products to market around that that will enable insurance and financial services and all the rest of the stuff beyond just sustainability analysis that was part of our kind of founding vision. So 
we're finally catching up with all that now that we've spent the last few years developing a functioning product that people want to buy we we are able to think a bit more expansively again now so it's kind of exciting times actually um and we're looking forward to it <laughs> brilliant well it's been really interesting hearing what you've been up to robin it's good luck with everything it sounds fantastic i'd love to to speak to you maybe again in the year since awesome yeah i'd love to catch up with you again fraser thanks for having me on today thanks very much to robin and thank you for listening we'll be back with two more episodes exploring trade opportunities for scottish businesses in latin america and the caribbean and remember that if you would like to find out more you can simply email the international markets team at exportsupport.latac at fcdo.gov.uk and you can also find that address in the show notes. I'm off to drink some Colombian coffee. Bye for now. To find out more about the Scottish Business Network, simply visit sbn.scot.